Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Grace, mercy, and peace from God's holy, almighty name, the name above all names, be yours in abundance today as you think about whose name is most important to me right now. As I mentioned in the beginning of the service, today in our sermon we're going to cover the verses that describe David versus Goliath, which even people who haven't spent much time in the Bible have probably heard about. Although it's really not so much about an underdog versus a favorite, it's a lot more about whose name is most important. The second commandment, which is, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And as we're thinking about that, how about this from the sports world? You've maybe heard this before too. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. There's a lot of different sports where the players have the name of their team on the front and their personal name on the back. And that saying is a way to say, the team is more important than the individual. And if you have any experience in the sports world at all, either playing or watching, you probably know that a really good team working together will pretty much always defeat a team that has one really good individual but just a bunch of players also connected with that good individual. There's no I in team is another way to say the same thing. So, as you think about David versus Goliath, the Philistine champion versus the Israelite teenager, whose name is more important? Is it the Philistines or Goliath? Is it the Israelites or David? The answer is none of the above. None of those names were most important. The most important name is the name of the Lord God Almighty. Let that percolate in your mind as we explore these verses together. Since we just read them in the first lesson, it's kind of a lengthy sermon verse section for today. I'm just going to focus in on the last paragraph midway through the sermon, verses 45 through 49. Whose name was most important to Goliath? Let's talk about him. Well, obviously his own name was most important. He was the champion of his country. He was, according to the Scriptures, Six cubits and a span tall, which is roughly nine feet. His coat of armor, what he walked around in for battle, weighed 5,000 shekels, approximately 125 pounds. The tip on the spear weighed 15 pounds all by itself. This guy had a shield bear going out in front of him to fend off a little bit of interference if needed. He was the biggest, he was the strongest, 
Where was his weak spot? It sure seemed like he didn't have one. And he knew it. And that's why each and every day, for 40 days, every morning and every evening, Goliath made sure the Israelites could only watch Goliath TV. Just in case they'd forget about him, twice a day he made sure they didn't. And he went out there and he shouted with the Philistine army behind him and all the Israelites out in front of him, I dare anyone to come out here and fight me. One-on-one. If your guy defeats me, then we will all be your slaves. But if I defeat your guy, then you will all be my slaves. He taunted and ridiculed not only the Israelites, but also the name of the Lord their God. Very obviously, Goliath was not keeping the second commandment and he was misusing the name of the Lord. Taunting him. Daring him to stop him. How about Saul and the Israelites whose name was most important to them? Here's an important thought to download today. Goliath was openly defiant, but Saul and the Israelites were just as sinful being subtly defiant. Every day, morning and evening, as they heard Goliath shout his usual taunts, they ran for cover. They hid in their tents. They were paralyzed with fear because the name that was most important to them was theirs. Do you ever hear of them praying to the Lord for help in their time of trouble? Do you ever hear of them replaying and recounting the deliverances the Lord had given them in years gone by, centuries before to other people that the Lord loved? All we hear about is their fear. And instead of replaying all the details about how good God had been to them and how powerful He was and that He was on their side because of His grace, they just kept staring at Goliath and kept replaying all the details about him. You can just hear them, can't you? Oh man, he's nine feet tall. Oh man, look at that armor. Oh wow, look at this. This spear is so big we can't even come close to having a chance, especially if it's just one-on-one battle. Saul and the Israelites were destroying. Second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, isn't just don't cuss, don't swear. It's also call upon the name of the Lord in every day of trouble. Pray to Him, praise Him, and give thanks. And when we fail to do that, We misuse His name. We use it in vain as though it's nothing. Not even there. Worthless. Sadly, I think that sounds too familiar for us, misusing the Lord's name in this way, doesn't it? We spent too much time staring at that Goliath in our life, whatever it is, and replaying all the details about how scary that Goliath is. And how intimidating it is. And how overwhelmed and helpless we are if we are to even hold a candle to start a fight of some kind. What's that Goliath in your life? Maybe it's something in politics. Maybe it's something with Russia and Ukraine right now. 
Maybe it's an addiction you're battling. Or an addiction that a loved one of yours is battling and you're trying to help them and you don't even know where to start. Maybe it's a sin from years gone by that still drags you down with a guilty conscience. Maybe it's just simple depression that you battle. Depression and anxiety regularly with difficulty. You're staring at that Goliath, whatever it is. And maybe sometimes there's two or three Goliaths all mixed together, even worse. And as you replay the details of Goliath over and over and over while you're so scared and helpless, does it get better? Does anything change? Who knows how long Saul and the Israelites would have been buried in their own tents in fear if David hadn't showed up. It is sin to be this way and realize that what we are doing when we are staring at Goliath and getting all kinds of details about him and staring at ourselves and getting all the details about what we maybe could do but are just falling woefully short the name that's most important is either that one or this one, not the Lord. We're subtly defiant, breaking the second commandment. And that is a sin to be repented of every single day and ask for God's help in battling against it. We need Him to be our Savior because we cannot possibly be our own. I know that's not breaking news for any of us. And yet, it's a difficult battle nonetheless. Where do we turn when we feel like we're paralyzed in fear, when we're staring at Goliath and there's no place to turn seemingly? We remember things often that aren't new. They're just things that we have known but maybe drifted from or, or lost track of, slipped away from into the back of our minds. One of them can be summarized this way. We just sang the words, a mighty fortress is our God. After singing about how powerful the devil is and we're helpless to fight him, we sang about how powerful Jesus is and that he's our mighty fortress. And in the end, this is always true, is it not? One little word can fell the devil. One little word will chop him down at the knees and render him useless. One word. The name above all names. Jesus, the devil, flees in terror at that name because he cannot stand against it. And that name of Jesus is the same name that has given you such mercy. You woke up today and guess what? God's mercy was new for you today in Christ. His forgiveness that came because of His life and death and resurrection. His holy innocent blood has washed away any sin, including all the sins of trying to trust in yourself and failing instead of praying to God in the time of trouble and replaying in your mind all the details about His love for you and His ability to help when you need help the most. 
Jesus has forgiven all of that. And He has instilled within you something brand new. A new heart that trusts boldly. A new heart that takes Him at His word. A new heart that says, if God said it, I believe it. Case closed. Jesus has given you a home in heaven that even though you're sinful, then you have to be perfect to get into heaven. He has given you that perfection you desperately need. We are beggars before God and yet forgiven in Christ for eternity. His Word stands firm in the heavens and it doesn't matter what Goliath shows up. It's not going to change. It's not going to topple. It's always going to win. It's always ours. And with that in mind, we think about how David showed up to this battle when Goliath was all about Goliath and when Saul and the Israelites were all about Saul and the Israelites. Even though one was taunting and one was quivering, there really wasn't much difference in their heart. And then David shows up and he's very different. He was just there not to battle, but to bring groceries for his brothers from home. And he came and he was shocked. Is there nobody here that can keep the second commandment? That's basically what he said. What are you doing letting this guy who's defying the name of the Lord get away with it? Let's read again verses 45 to 49. I think you'll understand what I mean. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you not with a slingshot and some stones, not with my skill, but in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Which, by the way, in the end, he used Goliath's own sword to do. Because he didn't have one with him. He just had the stones and the slingshot. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. His name is at stake today. And everyone is going to learn about which name matters most today. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. It's obvious, isn't it, whose name was most important to David. Not the Israelites, not David, not Goliath or the Philistines. The name of the Lord. That's where he got his confidence. That's where he kept thinking, talking, and trusting. You see, David didn't trust in his own skill even though he had skill. And David didn't trust in his weapons, the sling and the stone, even though he had weapons. And they obviously were effective. David trusted in the Lord. 
he was replaying details about how the Lord had helped David through other tough times, through other tight spots, through other times when he on his own was pretty helpless and afraid and maybe, maybe uh, not able to, to make it work. The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion, David said. That happened. The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the bear, David said. That happened. Do you see how he kept replaying the details of the Lord's victories for him in the past? Instead of all the details about Goliath and why he was so intimidating? We can do that too in Christ. What has God ever done to you to cause you to not trust Him? We can replay the details of His victories for us first at the cross and the empty tomb, then as we think back on our lives, times when He's brought us through difficult times, and we may or may not be able to say this, but certainly there's at least one time, I bet, where you can say that difficult time, God brought me through it against our odds, and I can see why it was better the way it worked out even though at the time I was an anxious mess for a bit. As you're thinking about matters in the world, trust the name of the Lord first. His name, we have an opportunity to glorify it each and every day. As you think about that Goliath in your life, whatever it is, or worse, two or three different Goliaths, Trust in the name of the Lord. Let His name be most important. And take one step at a time with the Lord's help, praying to Him, trusting Him, repenting, and knowing even if I don't really know what all the steps are going to be, I don't have to because God will be with me each step of each day. And each step I take, starting with number one, step number one, is an opportunity for me to glorify the name of the Lord. His name is most important to me today as I take the first step towards this Goliath in my life. When you open the Scriptures, there's opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to simply let the Lord speak to your heart. Repentance and confidence and rest is where your trust lies. Only found in the name of the Lord. There's time after time after time where the Lord brought someone like David through a battle against someone like Goliath. And His name won the day. That will happen again with you and me. And never forget how the name of the Lord is so powerful. Just that one little name can fell Satan Though He is far more powerful than us, He will never be even close to as powerful as the name of Jesus. And God, in His wisdom, an unmatched love, concern, and ability can make Satan's plans backfire in ways we never would have guessed. Even things like war. It can backfire on Satan and blow up in his face. One example of that is a story of a man named Lon. Lon Heilman. Some of you know him. He was our member here for a little while until he recently moved to Seattle about a year ago. And Lon Heilman, as a young man, thought he had all the answers. He was either an agnostic or an atheist, but he, he would describe himself from in those years 
as a humanist. He trusted that human beings could conquer anything and do anything and go anywhere if they just put their minds to it and work together. The, the sky was the limit. He had full confidence in that and no time for God. And then Lan ended up in Vietnam, got drafted. And he lost faith in humans because of what he saw and heard. And I think we know why. Humans are not essentially good. Humans are essentially evil because we're born in sin and we need God to intervene in our lives in Christ. But that terrible thing in Vietnam turned out to be a life-changing blessing for Lon. As he turned his back on humanism, he ran across the Scriptures where he heard about God's love for him, His mercy and forgiveness in Christ that is brand new every morning. That God did not come to condemn the world, but instead to save the world through Christ. And he took that terrible thing, the war in Vietnam, and turned it for at least one good thing that we know about, and maybe many more. Lon Heilman, child of God, heir of eternal life, because of the faith in Christ he now has. We can honor God's name as we pray when we are thinking about troublesome things in our lives and ask Him to do the same thing many times over. God hasn't changed at all. From this day, we're talking about when He was with David to defeat Goliath. His name will always win in the end. Trust that name with all your heart. Amen. Please. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.